Welcome to the Thrive with Omu podcast, where each week I'll chat with an amazing entrepreneur on their growth journey. They'll be sharing this with us to help and encourage us to take that bold step. Hey people, it's another Friday and I have with me Iviana Bynum. She's a coach, she's a writer, she's passionate about families um, she's a workshop facilitator. She facilitates a workshop called the Envision Workshop. Nice to have you, Iviana. Um, nice to be here. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Thank you. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself or rather tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yes. So I'm Iviana, as she said, and I have written the book, the Envision Workshop. It started off as a workshop that I did about four years ago now. And it was a compilation of the things that I like to do to get started in a new year, but it turned into this whole self-coaching guide and it's become something much bigger than what I ever expected. And as far as, as me, I am a mother of two children. I have a boy, 10-year-old boy and a girl who's nine in which I homeschool. I'm married to the love of my life. And we, something that's really interesting about us is that we've lived in several different uh, exciting places. We both grew up in Connecticut. I'm originally from New York and the United States. And when we got married, we moved to Colorado and spent some years there. And then we moved to Puerto Rico and spent a lot of time there. And we have, uh, a property there in which we uh, experimented with farming and coffee and all sorts of exciting things as well. And now we're spending time in the States again. We're back in Connecticut where we both grew up. And so we just love to adventure and try new things and just uh, enjoy our family all together. Interesting. Interesting. So you did, how did you start on this journey? What's your journey been like? How did you get to where you were? where you are now and what made you develop that passion for families? So I didn't grow up with your traditional family. I grew up in a broken home. My mother and father were divorced when I was 11, but it was after many years of making up and breaking up and they continued to get back together. And it was a very abusive relationship. My father was in and out of jail um, and he was an alcoholic and had a lot of drug issues and was very abusive and unfaithful to my mother. And so that's what I grew up seeing. And when I went into, you know, my high school years or my, um, young teenage years, I went right into very serious relationships and was always searching for love in the wrong places. And, I went on to be in a couple of very abusive relationships myself. And so I was continuing that pattern up until when I started dating my husband. And so my husband, I'd originally met him in high school and we were both dating someone else. (laughs) So we were just like, he was, he was off limits and I was off limits to him. But, um, when I finished my undergraduate degree, when I, I moved back to my hometown and I had just gotten out of college and I started seeing him again and uh, we started dating, we were both officially single. And I was at a place in my life in which I was done with abuse. I was done dating 
men who just, you know, were not faithful to me, were physically abusive to me, had horrible habits. So you, and so it means you went on to date men that were abusive as well. Just like my father. Yeah. It was always one thing or the other. And I had a really hard time being alone. I had a hard time being single and I just, I wanted love. You know, I never had this family structure. Uh, I always spent holidays with other people's families and um, just never had a family unit of my own. And so when I started dating my husband, he had this strong family dynamic himself. Um, Even though he had his things, you know, we both had to learn a lot. But he was the first person who really taught me that we we need to work through this together. And I grew up, I actually grew up in the church. So my mom always took me to church. However, seeing what was happening at home, I was just like, how could this be? If, you know, if there's a God, how could I be going through all this at home? Yeah. So I had departed from my faith for many years. And it was in my last two years of college where I had like something had happened with a friend of mine in which, you know, caused me to just return to my faith in a really powerful way. And so I was about, I was a baby Christian as they call them at that time. Um, new in my faith when I started dating my husband. And so from the very beginning, you know, I brought that into our relationship and to make a long story short, when we got married, our, you know, we were both very unhealthy in our marriage. We didn't know how to communicate. We, I was very just volatile in the way that I communicated. And I was, all I knew was how to communicate, you know, the way that I was taught aggressively. Yes. And so, um, we had a hard few years, but one of the things that we, continued to work at was our faith. So I would say that that was like the first pillar in which kept us together. But that wasn't what really caused me to change completely. It was when I had my son. So as soon as I became a mother and I had my son, it would became very apparent how my emotions and the stress and all of the, you know, the built up feelings that I didn't know how to work with were affecting my baby, you know, and I, and I, if I got loud, I was like, Oh my gosh, why am I doing this in front of my child? And so it became very important for me to start on this journey. And so the first step was I started working with someone on, on dealing with anxiety. And she started teaching me about the different things that are happening in my body and in my mind, causing me to deal with anxiety. And so I started to learn that what I was dealing with was a lot of fear. And so it was one step after the other uh, that caused me to get into this self-discovery, which is what I teach. I teach about self-discovery and about how you have to learn about yourself in order to (laughs) really uncover who you 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 are. you You need to know yourself to grow yourself. Exactly. And so... I love that. I love what you just said. And so that's, you know, that was just the beginning. You know, this has been a long process. I've now been with my husband for 14 years. We've been married for 12 years and we are just like, we're just getting better and better with time. And I'm I'm just like in awe, you know, of how, 
of how life can be when you continuously obviously hold on to your faith. I'm a strong believer in God and and I am a believer in self-discovery and personal development um, because we are just full of layers. And the more we discover, the better we can be and the better we can heal. Can you share a few tips, maybe like two or three things that tips or um, tools that you use that you think that really made a difference? I mean, you've mentioned your faith. Um, so like two or three tools that you used or you're still using to kind of maintain stability or brought you out of that, um, did I say rot? So, yes, I would love to mention that. The first thing that I would say that is a daily tool is grace. I talk a lot about grace. My podcast is named Grace for Breakfast. And the reason why is because every single day... Grace is different to me. And so, you know, when you think of the word grace, you think about a lot of times you think about faith, you think about God, you think about um, religion, perhaps if um, you see it like that. I don't, I'm not a very quote unquote religious person. I'm very much about having a spiritual relationship with my creator and seeking him every day. And so grace ends up showing up in different ways in my life every single day. Sometimes grace means having compassion for myself so that I can show compassion to my children and my husband. Sometimes grace means um, surrender. It means just letting go of the way that I need things to appear in my life or the way that I should have things done because I am an entrepreneur. I work with clients and I'm still also creating And sometimes grace means completely letting go. You know, I just did an episode on release and, you know, releasing my perspective on the way things should be, uh, releasing my outcomes or how long things should take. And so I'm constantly having to give myself grace. And so if you're listening right now and Uh, you are probably defaulting to wanting to have control over things or you, you want things to be perfect and you, and you beat yourself up a lot about how things should be. Give yourself grace, give yourself grace right now, because God gives you grace every day. When you mess up, God gives the worst of the worst grace. And so why shouldn't you give yourself grace? You know, Um, why shouldn't you extend it to those that you love? Because we are all doing the best that we can. Very true. You know, so what if we could look at people that way? Um, Another thing that I would share is um, a big one for me is forgiveness. And forgiveness is something that we can do daily, moment by moment. We're called to forgive seven times. Forgiveness, I know, is very important because bearing a grudge or bitterness can actually just kill you. Yes. Um, there's studies that have shown that holding grudges and bitterness is actually linked to cancer. Like yeah. it is literally yeah, linked because, to cancers. Because when you hold bitterness and all that, your body, when you're bitter, your body secretes. Now, this is what I read. Your body secretes um, mobile and your body becomes acidic. And when your system is acidic, then it creates a fertile ground for diseases to thrive. Yeah, it's the perfect ground for cancers to grow. Yeah, 
for tumors and all of those things. So that's why a daily practice of forgiveness or just periodically, um, you know, if, if you're having a hard time thinking of like, well, you know, I forgave this person or I let it go, or, you know, oftentimes we say, I dealt with that already. You know, we, we look back on something difficult that happened in our life and we're like, well, I already dealt with that. I'm, I'm done with that. I moved past it. Well, you know, I encourage you to sit down with a journal, perhaps, you know, set up a nice quiet space, light some candles, try to get away from, I don't know if your listeners are mothers or, um, or who they are, but let's say your mother, your children or your partner, um, try to get in a quiet space where you don't have any of those distractions and sit down and write down, who do I need to forgive? And then just think, and, you know, just, just think for a while, play some music and think about who do you need to forgive? If someone still pops up that you say, oh, I moved on from that already. If it still pops up, then perhaps you're holding on to a little bit of bitterness and then, um, do it. You know, there's a simple exercise where you can write them a letter, write them a letter. You can write the letter saying all of the horrible things that you wanted to say to them and then just rip it up. And then write them a letter saying, you know what? I release this. I release everything that happened between us. I send you love and compassion. I send you my prayers and just flip, turn it around into something positive. Um, Yeah, because holding on to bitterness is holding you down. It's holding you back. And what we're always wanting to do um, is lighten our load, not just physically. We don't just physically want to lighten our load, but we want to mentally and emotionally lighten our load as much as possible in order to welcome new ideas, new blessings, new opportunities, new relationships. Um, Forgiveness work, I mean, I can go on and on, but forgiveness work can also bless those new relationships that you're in because we we don't want to we don't want to treat the current people in our lives as if they're already guilty of a crime when they haven't done anything to us oftentimes we go into new friendships or new relationships and we're already waiting for them to to fail us well that's because we haven't forgiven what's happened in the past Past, or we haven't forgiven ourselves yes we're still holding on to the past yeah. And so forgiveness work is big. Um, let me think of one more. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Here's another one. So another tip that I always like to share is to, you know, I always talk about vision and your vision is as strong as, you know, how far it can bring you in life. So a person who has no vision, who has no aspiration, doesn't know where they're going and perhaps doesn't have the motivation to carry them each day Mm -hmm. because every day I wake up and every day I'm dealing with the same challenges that other people are dealing with. I'm still having to motivate myself and get myself going and getting the work done. But what keeps me going, I would say, and what keeps me going each day is the fact that I have a very strong vision. So I'm constantly reminding myself of my vision And an important aspect of it is envisioning the person that you want to be. So take some time and think about some words. In the Envision workshop, we we talk about who you want to um, be emotionally, who you want to be socially, and then who you want to be like all together. So um, when when you will go through this work and when you're thinking about these things, 
write down a few words that represent those things. And once you write them down, put them somewhere where you can see them. I would say no more than three for each category. I'm giving you guys like the condensed version. <laughs> I know I'm listening. But, I'm, I've been yeah. writing, but I, I, I don't, I'm cutting between writing and listening. So I'm listening. Yeah. And so, so write these words down and perhaps paste them on your wall. I like to create, you know, a simple vision board. I'm really into like digital ones right now, but you want to have visual reminders, these visual anchors each day reminding you. It's very important. Yes. Because then you're always subconscious. Our subconscious mind is always working. It's always there Mm -hmm. to protect us and to keep us going and to keep us safe. And our subconscious mind sees that as well. And so when we have these visual anchors and when we've already set the tone for who we want to be, set the vision, then that's what we're always going to be aspiring to be. We always want to inspire to do better. And, you know, I'm going to push it a little bit further and say quarterly, every every three, four months or every year, review those things and look back and say, huh, have I lived up to that? How have I yeah. changed? How have it's I improved? It's very important to always go back to check so that you're constantly, you know, on top of it. Otherwise, yeah. you just sleep. Exactly. And so what you will notice is I guarantee you 100% that you are going to see that you have improved. You're going to see how, I mean, how far you've come. And so, you know, I'll go back to saying, give yourself grace. Sometimes you'll say, oh man, I didn't, I didn't do what I wanted to do, but you will see improvement. As long as there's a strong vision, you, you are aspiring towards something no matter what, even if it's moving forward, like a snail. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. That's so good. That's so good. You know, you said to me before we started recording, you said, um, you should have been a statistic by now. Yeah. What did, yeah. You mean, what did you mean by that? Because that's such a strong statement. Yeah. I, you know, I heard a powerful word. I went to a conference a few months ago and, um, oh, I can't think of what she said, but she said, I'm not, I'm not what I look like, or I'm not what I used to look like something like that. But anyways, according to statistics, according to you know, when you look at statistics of divorce rates, um, I mean, I don't want you to even look at them right now, but divorce rates are very high. If you look at the statistics of um, teenage moms and all of those things, according to the way that I was raised, according to my household, according to the status of my home and all of the situations that I was in and putting myself in as well, I should have been perhaps a teen mom. I should have been a divorcee. I should have been married to an abusive man. I should have become an alcoholic. My mom used to always tell me, don't even dare touching alcohol because you're going to become an alcoholic like your father. Because they say that children of alcoholics are more likely to become alcoholics. Children of drug addicts are more likely to become drug addicts. That is what the statistics show us. And I am not a statistic. I am determined in every possible way to break all of those patterns because, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard of generational patterns or, you know, they can be, um, that is another form of saying these quote unquote statistics. It's, it's patterns that you see in families. 
And I have successfully broken all of those patterns, all of those statistics. And I aspire. Yeah. I I love celebrating. Yes. Yes. And I aspire. I mean, there's, I continue to discover new things because I'm always in the act of self-discovering and I find more things that I'm like, oh, I want to, I want to do better there. I want to break that. And so that's what I was talking about is that, you know, I'm happily married. My marriage continues to improve. I don't have any of these bad habits, you know, and I just feel, I feel really thankful and even proud of the work that I've done. And also I feel so blessed by the grace that God's given me and and how God has taken care of me and helped me through these hard things. So, yeah. Oh, that's so good. So before we, um, before we part, uh, is there anything you want to speak into? There's so many things you've talked about here. You've talked about um, drug abuse, drug addiction, um, alcoholism, the effect it's had on the family and how you were able to break the pattern and look at you living your best life. Um, there will be millions of people who are going through the same thing who are stuck in those sort of families or where stuck or where part of those families and they're stuck now not being able to break those patterns because sometimes I find that um, you actually do want to break the pattern sometimes you don't have the willpower sometimes you you don't know what to do or you don't know where to find help there are several reasons or sometimes it, some people actually just think that it's a giving and there's nothing that can be done about it. So do you have any parting words to give these people? Yes, definitely. First of all, I will say, get the Envision Workshop because it will literally guide mm-hmm. you through uncovering awesome. all of these things. Awesome. But as a, as a note, I will that a very important note is that, you know, there's a scripture that says, and I always butcher it, but it says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And that can be translated in many ways. There's another saying that says you are what you eat, right? And so if you look at the media, if you look at, you know, any type of social media, any type of shows on Netflix, anything of that matter, you have the power to choose what you consume. And right now I'm very, very, my heart is like really, really strong for families. And it starts with the parents, parents being very disciplined about what they allow their children to see and consume. And also parents being very disciplined about what they consume themselves because our children you know, there's a saying that say that says, do as I say, not as I, not do. I do. But at the end of the day, our children are watching everything that we do. They're watching what we say. They're watching what we watch. They are very mindful of what we're doing. And so if we're careful with what we consume, not only will goodness come out of us, you know, if we consume goodness, not only will goodness come out of us, but it'll also impact our next generation. It's going to impact our children because they're also going to crave what we crave or more likely to, because our children are still going to turn out to have their own, you know, uh, personalities and all of that. 
But if we could just focus on that, on what we consume, it's not only going to impact our children, but it's going to impact us day to day. So just try not to consume so much garbage, find good Mm -hmm. things to bring into your life, Mm -hmm. you know, because there's so much good out there and that could be a first step. Yeah. Yeah. That's so helpful. Thank you so much, Iviana. I have learned, I think this is probably one of one or either the first or second time this month I'm recording a podcast and actually taking notes. Oh. <laughs> Thank you so much, Iviana. I am really um, um, honored to have you on the podcast. I can't wait to upload it and get the comments and feedback from my listeners. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been my pleasure. Same And I'm out. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Thrive with Omu podcast. This is your host, Omu Obilo.